Hello, dear listener. Thank you for downloading and listening to the Spooky Doings podcast. My name is Rick Guzman. I'm an improviser from New York. And I'm joined here today by longtime Spooky Doings performer Patricio Machuca. Occasional uh, Spooky Doings performer and one of the hosts of You Are Not Alone, an uplifting show about depression, the lovely and talented uh, Michael Serby. You know the vibes, you know the vibes, you know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> and today's topic, gentlemen, a while back, uh, the Vice Channel put out uh, a show, Dark Side of the Ring. And I've, I've been a wrestling fan since I was about 10, and I know you guys are wrestling fans, and I'm like, that would be fun to talk about with knowledgeable people and do a panel. So, so before we get into the, the, the controversies, the, the, the nastiness, uh, we'll, we'll start with Patrice Youngberg. How did you get into professional wrestling? Uh, I didn't have any cable growing up. Me neither, don't feel bad. Yeah, yeah. so it was like, I'm like my options of what to watch were extremely limited. So it was either cartoons or or like soap operas, and then one day I'm just like flipping through the TV, and there was no cartoons, and I definitely, I sure as hell wasn't watching any soap operas, and then I just no, see this. No novelas con abuela? No, no. Mira, that, that yeah. man killed the other man. Next see, you know, man, I just see this super charismatic dude with colorful glasses on, and he's just doing a whole lot of this. <laughs> and that was, that was my well, first month. Snapping movie. into a Slim Jim. Snapping into a Slim Jim, and I was like, yeah, I saw one of his promos, and I was like, ooh, what's this about? <laughs> and then that's after that, yeah, I just never stopped watching. Cool. What about you, Mike? Well, it's actually the story I was telling before we started recording. Uh, those who don't know me, I'm a very small, small, tiny man. <laughs> as a child, I was the smallest boy, and in junior high school, uh, I was a junior high, and like the height of the attitude era, 98, 99, and... At one point, these hormone-fueled uh, teenage boys were like, oh, here's the tiniest boy. We can pick him up and do wrestling moves on him. And I, didn't, I wasn't watching because I was like, oh, yeah, whatever. And they would actually like, walk me through some of the moves, like, hey, put your hand on my shoulder. We're going to do this choke slam. We're going to bend down together. And like, they would work with me and like, oh, make sure you tilt your head forward so you don't hit your head on the grass or whatever you do this in. So they're like, take care of me. It was actually kind of like, to a degree, kind of fun. Uh, but then, from an extension of that, uh, we started playing Serpy Ball. Where it was, where boys would literally just play catch with me. I uh, cannot stress how tiny I was. Um, and then, just because I was like, this is our, all right, this is, it wasn't, it wasn't actively bullying. I would say it wasn't actively bullying because if I said guys, I was like, I'm not in the mood, my stomach, whatever. They'd be like, okay, no, not today. But then, in like gym class one time, uh, two dudes were doing the, um, you know, like when you're hiking and you like grab, like two dudes grab each other's wrist to make like a seat if someone sprains their ankle when you're hiking. This is news to me, but go Yeah, on. so it's like someone sprays their ankle when they're hiking. Like two guys will like grab, you grab one of your wrists and one of their wrists. So it makes like a look like a square, like a box, and the person puts their tush in like the square. And they did this thing where they did that, but then they like launched up. Yeah, so like when you like flip a like, like, like a bed sheet, like a big, yeah. like a big bed sheet, you flip a bed sheet. Except I was sitting on their hands and I went up and I landed on the gym floor on my coccyx bone, like right on the butt bone. And like there are gaps that I don't remember. I was, I think I went to mild shock, just like. It like hurt real bad. I saw like I remember the nurse coming in with a wheelchair, and then I dipped out, and then like I'm in the nurse's office, and um, I had to, had to have an ice pack down the back of my pants, 
And then like a bunch of like the popular girls came in. I'm like, no, don't, don't look at me. Not like this, not now. And I just want to see if I was okay. So then I was like, all right, what is this thing that these dudes are watching that makes them do something like this? Because it wasn't my scene. I was like, so then I started watching Attitude Era, the height of, you know, so-called The Rock, Jericho, you know, Angle, you know, like all of them. And I watched for a couple years and then dipped out because it got kind of dumb, you know, the invasion angle, the right to censor, all that bad stuff. And then I recently got back in just because of the, mostly NXT, because I, uh, in my, uh, Spare time for my beer and pizza money gig, I call it. I teach and choreograph stage combat. So when I was watching NXT, and I was like, oh, on a technical level, and how awesome these moves are and the storytelling they're doing without all the pageantry and some of the stuff I didn't like about more mainstream wrestling at the when I had dipped out at the time. So I was like, oh, this is the real stuff. This is the real shit. Can yeah. I curse? Can I curse here? Absolutely. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. I get offended if my guests don't curse. <laughs> It, it, it would be really so that's a long winded story. And especially if you're talking about the Attitude Era. Yeah. As an old school ECW fan, I, you have to say fuck in a promo. Yeah. Otherwise, you know, that, there's no point to it. Yeah, yeah totally. Thing. So that was a long winded answer So because I got into it twice in my life. Uh, <laughs> that's okay. Yeah. We, we all have our moments. I, I kind of uh, fast forward through WWE to the wrestlers that I like. But for AEW now, I watch the entire it's show because so it's wonderful. How'd you get into it? Um, <laughs> um, being named Rick, uh, a cousin who <laughs> now I don't like, told me about Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, uh -huh. and yeah, that yeah, was yeah. it. He's the best. And it's like, why? Why would anyone like Hulk Hogan when when Ricky Steamboat and Randy Savage are doing this? Those are just two big guys like flopping around, hugging each other yeah. for a lot of the match. So I always lean towards the people that can do more yeah. as opposed to uh, who the company gets behind. Totally. Uh, which, which brings us to the first story. And uh, definitely one of the, the darkest moments in all of professional wrestling. Uh, it was uh, the weekend of June 22nd, 2007, when uh, Chris Benoit went full murder-suicide on yes. his family. Mm -hmm. And, and this affected me greatly because a lot of people don't say this now, but I'll own it. Chris Benoit was my favorite wrestler. Mm. Yeah. Like from that first WCW match of him fighting Kevin Sullivan yeah. in a bathroom someplace. <coughs> and then knowing the story of uh, Sullivan used to be married to a woman, one of the worst wrestling names ever. But. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> But uh, his wife, Nancy, let me look up her last name, Tuffaloni. Okay. That's a mouthful. And then the, the angle was Benoit steals his wife. And at his insistence, like, no, travel together. And then the affair started from that. Mm. And then the reality bled into the ring. So watching Chris Benoit, I'm like, I, it, it's the Roddy Piper thing. Like, he can't, I don't believe all of this show is real, but I believe this motherfucker is real. Hmm. And so that weekend of him no showing a pay-per-view, yep. uh, but texting people, uh, yeah, wife and kids are sick, uh, doors unlocked, uh, the dogs are in the yard, and then them finding him yeah. and being devastated by that. And then as Raw was being broadcast as a tribute to him and more news is coming out, like, oh, this is very, very bad. Yeah. What, what do you guys remember of that of that incident? Uh, 
I had stopped watching wrestling by this point, actually. So I'd stopped watching wrestling at this point just because the the storylines. I don't know what I didn't know what it was like after like like you said yep. like the invasion angle. Yep. I just started losing interest. It got a little PG. Very PG, and it wasn't like the problem was for me. Not saying that you need to be like doing crazy raunchy storylines like that all the time, but it just, it didn't seem like authentic anymore. Like people weren't like speaking mm-hmm. as themselves. Um, but I remember, yeah. Uh, I found out about it because all my friends were my friends that still watch wrestling were talking about it, and then I saw Larry, uh, what's it, Larry King, right? Yeah. I saw Larry King, and I was like, "What the hell? Yeah. What the fuck is Chris Jericho doing <laughs> on Larry King?" And then I, I was like listening to the whole thing, and then I was like, and then I like did my research. I was like looking for like newspaper clips, like mm-hmm. newspaper articles, and all that, and then I was just like taken aback. I was like, he killed his family, and then mm-hmm. himself. I was like. That's insane. The most interesting part about that story to me was like years later, after like, you know, obviously you gotta give things a, a few years and then more discoveries are made, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. But I thought the most interesting thing was like when CTE was discovered, mm-hmm. they were saying that like he had the brain of, of an 80 year old. No. From like taking all those hits to the mm-hmm. head. It's hits to the head, it's potential drugs and alcohol, it's steroids, stuff like that, this dangerous cocktail that was just messing up this man's brain. But I, I feel like it wasn't necessarily drugs and alcohol, just because consistently around the board, sure. like people like people will admit, especially for yeah. wrestlers, if somebody's like, yeah, that dude had a few, a few too many drinks. But yeah. It was like pretty consistent that nobody would really say that he was like on drugs or anything like that. Sure. But when you look at the fact that his signature move was a diving headbutt. Yeah. Sometimes, once onto like, a steel chair, I saw him. Yeah. Yeah, on, yeah, onto yeah, yeah, yeah. And Yo, I'm like, that's yeah. not a good idea. I remember watching highlights, I was like, was that his thing for a while? Yeah, it was essentially, yeah. Like, he was just diving on the, like, steel chairs, yeah. like, for the just, show? Just like Dynamite Kid. Like, he did a diving headbutt, I'll do a diving headbutt. No, I was just saying, obviously the concussion stuff, there's... We're only now starting to, like, get into, like, the research and find new things, the, the appropriate testing and stuff like that. That wasn't the case uh, in 2007. But I was saying that, like, that co- the combination of that... Any stuff he was doing, um, I know there'd been he'd been wrestling the wave of steroids and steroid substitutes, all these things in one brain. That that just made for a dangerous combination. Is all yeah, that yeah. and the lab, that won't do anybody. That won't do anybody. From, from what I understand, a lot of unresolved grief from Eddie Guerrero's death. Yes. Yeah. 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 So, so what what did you think when when this story broke, Mike? Yeah, uh, like you said, like that was about the time I dipped out. But I think I'd heard it. I had started uh, watching it on the edge. As a regular news story, just you know that that uh, seeing that unfold, and then going back when I got back into it, uh, you know, checking in, stuff like that. It was basically basically his story almost verbatim, really. Uh, but I remember I remember I've seen I've seen that episode uh, that starts as a tribute, and then re- they have to walk it back, sort of in a way. As because okay, more... they played it through to the end, and then the next night on ECW yeah. is like we're never mentioning him yes. again. Yeah, and rightfully yeah, so. Yeah, yeah. And, I understand From a why PR they standpoint. do it, yeah, and 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 the best thing that happened to Vince McMahon could have been uh, Benoit committing suicide at the end because if that went to trial, they'd have been fucked. Yeah, absolutely. They'd have been. And and years later, I heard uh, Benoit's sister-in-law talking to Chris Jericho, uh, who was you know of course good friends with him, mm. and you know has to deal with that separately. Uh, basically, she said, you know, from the police evidence, like, Nancy was completely fucking brutalized. Yeah. And then clearly he felt remorse, uh, 
killed the son Daniel and then hung himself on the weight bench. Like Googled how to break your neck. Oh, he Googled it? He Googled oh it. Gosh. That was in his search history. I did not know that. Oh. I can't even imagine like knowing someone who does something like that. Yeah. You know, like knowing the person they were for years and years mm-hmm. and then being like, I've never, the, literally when you, the, the cliche of like, he didn't seem like the person that would do that. Mm-hmm. You know, you hear heard many wrestlers and people say like, oh, he loved his family, loved his wife, yeah, loved yeah. his kid, mm-hmm. and then for something to break in his brain, and then one uh, horrible weekend, uh, and then to for the people who don't get to like interrogate him and ask like, how could you do such a thing? They're just left with this right. these two these dual right. images of like the two Chris's that they know now. Yeah, that's why like on the Larry King episode, they just kept focusing on the steroids, and I was mm-hmm. like, it's gotta yeah. be a little bit more than that. Yeah, it can't so change. much more. Oh, I mean, I know you could like you could definitely. All right, I could see maybe like if he's on like some super roid rage type shit. Mm-hmm. All right, he might go crazy like off the roids and like, you know, give his wife a shine or something like that. But to like kill his whole family yeah. and then over the course of like, a weekend, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Over the course of a weekend, kill his whole family and mm-hmm. then himself googling how to break his neck like that's more than steroids. Absolutely, mm-hmm. like, that is way more. We know more. so little about the brain. You know, like we really don't know. Like when they say, like, "Oh, you use ten percent of your brain," it's not that we use ten percent of the brain to a degree. It's that we have an idea of what ten percent of the brain does. Like we, we know what this right, right. area does. We know what this gland does. But like, there's so much we don't know about it. So then, for injuries, for chemicals get thrown into it of all sorts of varieties. That, that it's it's wild that anybody makes makes it out of industries like that. That's why, especially with like the brain injuries, like you really gotta keep certain cases like not open yeah but keep it under like a kind of review as science improves yeah progresses yeah because yeah. imagine like we didn't know about CT like at that time no but now we know about it now now people are like oh that makes because now we, we've seen serial, uh, serial yeah. killers football players kill their wives kill their spouses and it's CT related so yeah <sighs> that's why we're, we're grateful they banned headshots. I was doing yep. a little research yesterday and, yeah. I, and I messaged Serpy uh, about Dino Bravo and you're like, I never, never heard, heard this guy. <laughs> um, that's alright, you know, you'll, you'll save up some money, you'll, you'll, you'll subscribe to the network yeah. and, or go to YouTube and I probably check find YouTube, this yeah. out. Um, he was billed as like a Canadian strongman, bleach blonde hair. I'm a cool, I Periwinkle, yeah, periwinkle tights with a Florida de Lee, and you know, managed by Jimmy Hart. You know, oh, just, another one of those big muscle Hosses, heads yeah. that you know their run is ending um, from a Hogan leg drop. Sure, but uh, it, more on a Saturday Night main event than uh, the few pay per views they mm-hmm. did in the eighties. And then he just disappeared. Oh yeah, yeah and there was a beefcake. Yeah, he's huge. He's yeah, and he huge. wasn't one of the, like again, much like Patrizio, growing up in New York, didn't have cable. So when anybody left the WWF, they weren't mentioned. Right. Like maybe you'd see them in a magazine, like now they're in the yeah. NWA. Maybe they tried to do. This is pre-internet. This guy yeah. was just gone. Maybe they tried to do like fake Diesel and fake. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like, yeah, this other guy who's not the character, you know. <laughs> this guy was completely. To me, but, you know, working in a video store, I'd still have those WrestleManias mm. or those Survivor Series that I'd go and revisit. I'm like, yeah, what happened? What happened to this dude? And then I heard he got murdered. So you know, big in the through the '70s, through the '80s, and then just got cut because Vince was like, yeah, we're, we're we we got nothing for him. 
and he was good friends with Rick Martel. Tell me you at least know who he is. Yeah. Okay, cool. So according to Martel, uh, he wanted to bring Dino back in to tag with him, that Martel would do all the bumps, and Dino could do the muscle stuff, mm -hmm. and, and Vince and his people are like, nah, we're just done. But Dino's wife, uh, her dad, his father-in-law, was the head of the Canadian Mafia, mm -hmm. which I didn't know was a thing either. Yeah. <laughs> I imagine in my head, you hear the words Canadian Mafia, you just think the most like polite uh, people asking for security money. You're like, hey, we'd hate to have something happen to your story. Like, come on, guy. You, you think that. I know, I know. They break your legs, sorry. Yeah. But, but, sorry about that. Okay. According to Martel, um, it, it was cigarette smuggling to the reservations. Oh, and that's what no. the mafia was involved in. So he made more money that way. And he didn't really want to. Sure. He, he, he put, you know, when you stop making the money from wrestling and you've got nothing else, what are you going to do? Which back in those days was just like having like a regular job. Like it wasn't, yeah. it wasn't paying you anything extravagant. Maybe a little bit better, but with but travel. Like, I was about and, to say, with, yeah. the, with what it takes to rent a car and yeah. hotels and shit like yeah. that, you're not really getting paid a whole lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah, unless you're one of like the five or six people at the upper echelon on the, every poster on. Right. Yeah. yeah. How, the household names who probably all said, we're doing movies and stuff like that on the side TV. Exactly. So according to Martel, the, the, they loved Dino on the reservation because they knew him from TV. Mm -hmm. And they're like, we want to do all of our business with him. And the mafia's like, all right, the cigarettes are going well. Let's move into the cocaine. So there was a $400,000 shipment somewhere that was stashed for three days. And the third day, the guy goes to pick it up and the police is there. And Dino's argument is like, if you'd have picked it up on the first day, you'd have been fine. Yeah. But he had some heat from the mafia. So what had happened was, as we pause for a sip of water, Dino's wife comes back with their daughter from her ballet practice, and Dino was staying home and he was gonna watch hockey. And she finds him shot 17 times. Seven of the bullets are in his chest. Jesus. Guess where the other 10 are? Yes. <laughs> I mean, that's not funny. That's not funny. Right in the coconut. There's no, no signs of forced entry, uh, and since it's winter, you'd see footprints. So somebody that, according to Murder Martell, that knew Dino was in the house watching hockey with him. He gets the idea that uh, Dino didn't see it coming because while his, the, the remote control was loose in his hand, yeah. if he felt danger, he might have tensed up, then died yeah. later mortis set in oh. so uh, according to rick he feels that dino never saw it coming and the mob whacked him and it's doesn't been it, unsolved ever doesn't since doesn't say what kind of gun i'm just kind of curious if someone unloaded a clip and a half into, into Not, this man i found yeah. no okay. information about like to take that. the time to be like oh well that need more bullets you know i was like i'm just saying 17 that. bullets is and ten, ten of them in your... Yeah. That's a lot. That's very specific and vindictive. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, him also being a big motherfucker, you don't want to give him a chance to get up and be mad at you. <laughs> it's true, but if somebody shoots you in the dick ten times, you got to think, who really wants your dick gone? Yeah. You know? As far as suspects go. Oh, you're thinking that he got shot in the dick? 
That's what you mean, right? No, I meant in the head. I also had a question about which melon you were referring to. Yeah, you said you yeah, shot the melon. I, yeah, I, think, oh, I, heard, I, I, I heard said coconut. Oh, coconut. Oh, that's I, what I meant to say. Oh, I heard coconuts, plural. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. Oh, I heard I, that. I, yeah, that's what I meant. I said melon. I, I meant that coconut. Face, I was like, yeah, just right in the. That's not right. I was like, that's fucked up. I gotta work on my phrasing. No, it's fine. Not now. Well, because I didn't want to ask. Yeah, I just heard coconuts. Coconuts. Yeah. Copy. Still. Wow. Okay. Somebody didn't want his like wanted his head gone. Yeah. You know. To. Yeah. To himself. But. Uh, yeah, that was like... <laughs> Wait. So I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We can edit this out if you need. But it was like ten. You said ten in the chest. Seven in the chest. Uh, seven, seven in the torso. And ten in the head. But at what point? Your head's not even there. I was about to say that. Your yeah. head's paint. And that after like a couple. Send in a message. Apparently, but it, yeah, it's like, okay. <laughs> That's a hell of a message. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Clearly, you've been affected by this story. No, it's just like, it's like, at what point you did the human skull, I said, talk like a scientist today, not the human skull, like, would just break up, and, mm-hmm. like, after a couple, after like three bullets, really, like, it's yeah, really done. Yeah. yeah. Jesus. Canadian mafia, man. Yeah. Or allegedly Canadian mafia. Allegedly. Uh, so, do you guys any have any fun, uh, dark controversies in wrestling that you wanted to talk about specifically? Uh, I got more, but you know, uh, let you guys. Yeah, I was actually, I was like thinking of stuff on the way over. It's not really like a conspiracy. It's just more like a tragedy. Mm-hmm. It's uh, you know the Von Erics. Yes. Yeah. That was like, actually covered on uh, on the Vice series. Uh, was it Vice or ESPN? Did it was you, Vice. It was Vice, right? Yeah. The the, uh, the the Von Eric curse. Mm-hmm. Not so much a curse, but I say as a skeptic, but yeah, a lot of problems, a lot of uh, drug abuse, a little bit of organized crime, <laughs> yeah, and suicides, yes. Well, yeah, I was thinking about that because I thought that was crazy. So you got six sons, only one of them's alive. No, no, six. Right, six. No, yeah, six correct. sons. Only, uh, the only one that's still alive is Kevin. Yes. So you got five deaths. No. Uh, the first one, the first one died at six years old. I think it was. A yes, child. that's I, why I think I it was for- a drowning. That was like the most innocent one. Yeah, that, that's why I forget him because he didn't. He didn't make he it, didn't make it to the rest. Yeah. Right. but he died at six. I think it was a drowning. Uh, then you have uh, David, mm-hmm. who like died in Japan. Right. Allegedly of an overdose, but they're saying that Bruiser Brody covered it up. Um, that's another one later. That's another that's one. Another one later. Covered in the Vice store. Uh, yeah. On the Vice series. Yeah. Also, yeah. But yeah, then they said they covered it up. Then um, the next one was, uh, uh, I think his youngest brother, Mikey? Yeah, the smaller one. The smaller one. And he committed suicide. After those. Yeah. yeah. And I felt, I felt the worst for him, right? Because like, imagine like, you have like five brothers and they're all fucking monsters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you're five foot five. And mostly handsome monsters. Mostly handsome monsters. Yeah. Get, getting a lot of uh, <laughs> attention a in the Texas area. A lot of attention. And then... You're five foot five. Uh, he like had uh, very brittle bones, and uh, yeah. So he like literally couldn't wrestle. He's like too short. He couldn't take the actual punishment from being a wrestler. So he ends up uh, putting a bullet in his head. Then I think that the next one was. I don't remember his name. And Carrie. Carrie was the last one. Carrie was the last. One. Yeah. Well, Who's the one that died of a sleep? Uh, he had too much sleeping pills. I feel like that might have been the first, the first, Maybe. the first of the best. After, after, 
No, no, because there was yeah, there was one overdose, three suicides. Right. Ugh. Yes. <laughs> so that was a tragic. What about what about you? Uh, we got Fritz was the papa. There was David. Yes. Michael. Mike, he was a he was a baby. Chris. Chris. Yeah, Kevin's the only one living. Chris is the one that he didn't he didn't even care to be a wrestler, and then he ends up getting brain damage in a match. Oh. He got like something called toxic shock. It ends up giving him brain damage, and then as he's like trying to turn his life around because of the the, the brain shit, like. He can't put on any more muscle mass. Right. So he just gets depressed. He writes a suicide note. Ugh. Leaves it for his parents. I feel like a few, a few days later, they find him like a few miles away. He'd overdose on sleeping pills. Oh my God, that's awful. Then Carrie, the Texas tornado. He's the most well-known. Yeah, because he had a, a WWE run. Because he had the WWE yeah. And he was arguably like the biggest. He was, he, was, he was a big dude. And wrestled that last part of his career on... Uh, a prosthetic foot yes. that right. he lost in a in a, a motorcycle. A motorcycle. That was another uh, issue of the pre-internet uh, wrestling world. Just another guy that disappeared. Yeah. And like, well, we've never heard from him again. Cause you know, like uh, in New York, sometimes the, on network TV there'd be like WCW late at night mm-hmm. uh, and. Not really being familiar with my all I remember was former WWF guys, uh, and it's like if it wasn't them or Ric Flair, I'm like I don't think I really care. That's <laughs> but why, that, that's just me. That's why nobody knows David, the one that died of the overdose, because mm-hmm. he was supposed to be set the most gifted mm-hmm. in ring performer, like he was the best on the mic, best in the ring. Mm-hmm. But you don't know about him because he was never in the WWE. Right. You, right. you have to be a fan of Texas wrestling or gone back and checked him out specifically. Well, what about you, Mike? Which which controversies uh, piqued your interest most? Yes, I guess there's, but for me, I guess the one that like kind of breaks my heart the most is Eddie Guerrero. Mm-hmm. That 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 hurts me in the heart even yeah, every, yeah. every time I think about it because uh, he was so cool and so talented and so loved and and lovable. Uh, yeah. one, one of the old time fucking his years long uh, battles struggles with addiction, uh, stuff like that. That eventually he did not event not mm-hmm. eventually. Uh, Went out. It was just sad because he was such a presence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just, just a lot of abuse that he put himself through, even with a big car accident from taking. Yeah. Uh, I forget what, but way too much of it. And then going for a drive, something that should have put a normal person to sleep right away, that he got launched out of the car, mm-hmm. found on a rock, I think he <laughs> broke his pelvis, but came back, became a bigger star than ever. And part of a dynasty, so he was, you could argue that he was destined for it if you believe in that kind of thing, but I do like that he got his chance to shine in the E. Sure. Because uh, in WCW, he was fucking wasted. Uh, not in, yeah. the, in the drunk sense, but right. not, not properly utilized. Oh, that was so many WW, uh, WCW superstars. Like they had to leave. No, you have no future. It's just the NWO. Right, they're kind of they're kind of pigeonholed yeah. in the cruiserweight division. I feel like what definitely worked against Eddie was that if you notice in the last maybe like maybe three, maybe four years of his career, how much like like physical mass he put on. Oh, yeah. sure, a lot. Yeah. And that definitely put a big strain on his heart, like uh, alongside everything else, especially because like I don't know, maybe. 
I don't know. You, you can get like that big, but it has to be over time. If you get that big that fast, it's right. a big strain. He, he got very wide, and yeah. and, and actually wide. and actually got fired from the E very briefly uh, for some. I think it was might have been an arrest or a DUI. I saw but, something like that. Yeah, they tossed him. He went to the Indies. He <coughs> had one of the first Ring of Honor shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw him at a friend running an indie promotion out of Queens where he wrestled Loki in what I thought was a great match and he actually offered to put Loki over clean when when the booker was like, yeah, we'll do like a DQ thing. It's like, no, no, Loki's your guy. I'll, I'll, I'll job for him, no problem. Yeah, you're still, you're still punk too. Yeah, yeah, yeah in, uh, IWA I want to say. Yeah. And, uh, and, and the great thing about him, which, which I always love, just the blatant cheating in that yeah. Roddy Piper kind of way. Uh, Ric Flair kind of way like working the ref and doing a little and the fans loving him for it yeah yo what was the match that he won I think I think it was when he won the title but I think yeah he was like uh, yeah to win the match he just like he like he just throws somebody in the chair and he just like you just see him fall over like acting like he got that wasn't the Brock match but in that era it was in that era he'd do that a lot where like he'd toss him chair and like lie down like he got hit and, you know, like, that to me was hilarious. And every once in a while, they like, look up and kind of wink at the people and, 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 and <laughs> working that audience so well. Oh, yeah. I love uh, it when he looks out and everybody, like, after he cheated blatantly and he gets away with it, he's a guy. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. Another one, which, which is little known uh, to some people, but goes down in history known as the mass transit. I was just about. I was just, just thinking about that. In ECW. I was just thinking about. And when you said ECW, that yeah. was the first thing mm. I was thinking about mass transit. It was a 17-year-old untrained yes. guy named Eric Kulas. Yes. Who found his way in there and like lied about his level of experience, and was booked to wrestle the gangsters, New Jack and Mustafa. Oh no! For some, yeah, <laughs> is this another one you've not I've heard? I've never of? heard the story, but as soon as you said New Jack and Mustafa, I was like, oh no! Well, you, uh, but, but oh, you no. do know who New Jack is. Uh-huh. For yeah. our listeners that don't, you know uh, the story's going. Right yeah, now. Uh, <laughs> if you watch the documentary behind the mat, you find out that New Jack, aka Jerome Young, is a former bounty hunter with four justifiable homicides. Yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's a criminal. <laughs> So, this kid, who's clearly just excited to be there, starts, you know, annoying everyone, like, I want to do this thing, I want to do that thing in the ring, and this is going to be great, and the more experienced wrestlers are a little bit annoyed, but then he asks New Jack uh, if he can get a little bit of color, if he can bleed in the match, but he doesn't know how to do it, so he asks New Jack to do it. And New Jack uh, says, uh, sure. Takes a little bit of of an X-Acto knife and by his own admission, slices the kid to shit. Mm. And you can find the footage and it's It's very grisly. It's very grisly. The family tried to sue... And, and, and New Jack you know, was in danger of getting locked up for five years. Wait, did, okay, it, it, I don't know if I'll ruin the story. Did, did this child live? Yes. Oh, thank child. God. Okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. In, in fact, as his parents were there. Uh, oh, God, his parents were. His dad definitely 
like railing how like what have you done to my kid? He's seventeen. The mass transit is getting hauled out yeah. by the ambulance. Like you don't understand, Dad. It's for the boys. So the kid was thrilled to have this experience. Sure. I also think he lied at the time. Yes, he, he he lied about his level of experience. Yeah. He lied about his age, and that's what got New Jack acquitted. And the lawsuit yes. dropped. It's right. Like, he said he could do all of these things. Sure, sure. He got hurt because he could not, and he lied about it. Oh my gosh. So if you check out the documentary Forever Hardcore, New Jack talks about it, and he's like, "Oh yeah, I sliced him to shit." Yes. <laughs> oh. Yeah. oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> he was like, yeah. So I'm curious, like, will you Google this footage? I probably will. I say I won't, because but I probably will, will out of morbid curiosity. Will, yeah. <laughs> also, yeah, it was, it's like. He wasn't. He wasn't like blatantly like talking shit. It's just that New Jack is very easily Volatile. pissed off yeah. and prone to violence. So it didn't take a whole lot, and then you just see him savagely beat the shit out of this kid. How long did it last for? Like an hour. Like, I've never watched the I've match, watched but hearing hearing about it, it's like because it was never on any tapes. I guess you got to go to YouTube and find it sure. someplace yeah. very easily but it was never on any of the tapes I've got but I've seen you know, getting back to CT New Jack clocking people in the head of people that he actually liked yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, but uh, nothing for me personally beats the early days of TNA when he was te- teaming with Shark Boy and hit someone with a Hulk hand mm-hmm. to knock him through a table so <laughs> You can take a cheese grater to the head, but you know a Hulk hand, that that trumps everything in my opinion. I, I love wrestling. <laughs> I love that carny bullshit. I love it. Yeah, it's the only place where you can put in a lying little kid with an actual killer. Yeah, <laughs> <a> real life. <laughs> <laughs> and the killer gets all free. Mm-hmm. But that it's only fair though because he did lie. So yes. I, I agree. And that. he effectively asked the killer to kill him. Yeah, to to did play. Ask for the play. Yeah, yeah I never, I'm never a person that like, they asked for it, but he in words asked for it. Yeah, right. and New Jack's like, but you didn't say how much. No. Yeah. What, what what other ones come to your minds, gentlemen? Yeah. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. Then, then I'll move on. This oh, is the one that sticks in my craw because it's recent. Uh, WWE doing shows in Saudi Arabia. Oh, I'm so glad you got to this. Uh, <laughs> um, I understand their 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 point in MBS wanting to westernize and get a whole bunch of Western acts to make money. They sign a contract, but then Jamal Khashoggi, uh, a resident alien of the United States, gets killed, and the Saudi royal family is clearly behind it. And the E who has, you know, erased Chris Benoit from history or yeah. never mentions Dino Bravo, <laughs> but here's this person who's, who's ordered the murder of a civilian. And I get it. There's half a billion dollars on the table. But if it's me personally, some things are more important than money. It's like, all right, you killed somebody, I don't want to be involved with you. Because if you're going to whack somebody who's critical, a journalist who's critical about you, uh, what happens if the E does something that maybe they find offensive and, and people don't make it out safely? True. No. Uh, I mean, that's just one of the reasons like that 
I don't have that stuff prepared, but that is a beyond corrupt government, uh, human rights violations all over the place, women's rights violations. It's uh, really atrocious, and it's I'm not a fan of the co- that company doing business there. Uh, it's, and the shows that they do there, like the bits that I've seen, they have propaganda videos basically effectively during these performances, and it's like... Not cool. Mm-hmm. Um, that that's the main reason why I don't subscribe to the WWE no. Network. I would not feel comfortable giving them you know my money yeah. month after month. However, if any of our generous listeners want to share their login information with me, I would greatly appreciate it. <laughs> that tape library is great. Yeah, and, and, and would yeah. offer you know some some other streaming services in return. Uh, just saying, uh, uh, contact me privately. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, also with that, it's like, you're trying to like expand to these markets, but your market at home is dwindling like pretty quickly. Yeah. Why don't you focus on better storylines instead of fucking up with this messed up, you know what I mean. You heard it here first. <laughs> and, and, and speaking as a New York fan, uh, we, we, I don't know if you've ever been to any shows at the Garden. We're vocal motherfuckers. Yes, we will let them know exactly what we think of them, from you know booing somebody out of the building to uh, I don't know if you remember when when the real life Matt Hardy Edge Lita Love Triangle had happened. I went to a show and there were the chants of "We want Matt" all over the place, and then that's what brought him back. Yeah. Uh, because I don't understand, and I wasn't really planning on uh, talking uh, about this one. Um, okay, so uh, you, you got this this affair that's happening with people in your company, and and it's wrong. It's in the workplace. It's a gray area. But Matt's the one that's out with surgery. Why is he the one that gets fired? <laughs> yeah, because he wasn't he's the, the one. Who's... He's the one at home. No. And strangely enough, Edge uses that to make a... To, being a dickhead propelled him even further to main event status and making a lot more money, proving uh, the old adage, I believe, that two wrongs make a right in the McMahon household. Yeah, well, that sounds like that. Sounds like that. Yeah, sounds like there that was a, yeah, there was also a phase of time where he had women kissing his ass. That is true. As, no. as he was wearing a man thong. So there's that. <laughs> Strangely enough, my lady asked me not that long ago, why hasn't Vince ever been me too And to be honest, he pays uh, everybody off. Pe- people have tried. People tried. In, in 1992, the first, uh, uh, was there, was, there was a wrestler named Rita Charlton who named who wrestled as Rita Marie, and she was the first female referee in the E. Uh, who claimed in 1986 that Vince raped her. And he just turned around and accused her of slander. Uh, and, and also in 2006, a woman at a tanning salon in Boca Raton, Florida, claimed that Vince sexually assaulted her as well. Uh, but the prosecutors cited a lack of evidence in ever charging him. So, yeah, I, I, I wonder why that is. And I, I wonder if Ronan Farrow could ever do an article about Vince. Are you telling me that if someone can afford, like, a big old legal team, if they have, like, a lot of money to afford a big legal team, they can get out of stuff like that? 
I've Hold heard. On. I've heard. That is, that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> not, this, not America. Not America. Not my America. <laughs> not my America. Perhaps my, in your country, tis of thee. Huh. This could happen. Huh. Oh, weird. Okay. Oh. Anything, anything that comes out against Vince McMahon is going to be after he dies. I'm fully convinced of that. But while he's alive, I, I doubt anything's going to come out. So you heard it here first. Yeah, I'm going to say like 20 years. I don't think he's ever. He's never gonna die. I think he's never gonna die. He's, 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 gonna, gonna, he's gonna like just like beat the shit out of the Grim Reaper. No, I, he's I, gonna fire him. No, I, gonna think, I, I think he's he's built his own empire where he believes his own hype enough that it is similar to Hugh Hefner. Like he should die, but why would he? <laughs> it's like I, I really got no reason to go. And and. Until you know, eventually it'll happen. Have, have, have you, you guys read Sandman? Did you ever read Sandman? I have. Gad Hobbling, who's like, I'm just not gonna die. Yeah. And then death takes him up on it. Oh, it's so good. It, it, it is quite good. Uh, but uh, speaking of conspiracies, that also reminds me of uh, like when Brian Pillman died. Mm. Mm. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you remember they were doing that whole angle with uh, him and Austin and. Well, like, uh, I think it was like for In Your House, right? Him something like that. Yeah. Yeah, it was. It was on Raw. Yeah. The the Austin Pillman incident where. Pillman's at home, foot all fucked up. So, you know, they're like, Steve Austin's coming. And he's like, I don't care. I got a gun. And Austin breaks in, and the camera goes to black, and there's two gunshots, and the USA Network lost their shit. Yes, they had a lot of trouble for that. And my girlfriend still believes that was real. She believes that was a shoot, no pun intended. (laughs) Even, Even with... Austin coming out and saying, yeah, it was all work. We worked it out together. Brian Pillman one was one of my best friends in the business. I still wear the chain. He got me. My girlfriend will go, no, no, no. Brian Pillman tried to kill the man. <laughs> On television. That's how good he was as a performer. She made this young gal believe that he could have been a murderer. <laughs> was he a big drug guy? Because his death yes. is listed as being car-related. <laughs> yes. He's a big drug guy, right? Yes. Yeah. He, he, he was a big drug guy and uh, working everyone simultaneously on top of that. He got Eric Bischoff to release him from contract for real as what he was claiming was part of an angle. And then he showed up in ECW and threatened to piss in the ring. Nice. And again, it, it being ECW, near riot. Yep. <laughs> They were always in your rides. I feel bad for you not getting into wrestling no, in just time a... to no. get to an ECW show because they were insane. Yeah, because I, I mean, I uh, live upstate New York. Like, it could have it could have been feasible for me to get down there. Very and to see them. I, I mean, I was the fact that I was uh, a youngin and uh, devised some way to do that. Yeah, yeah. My yeah. friend group at the time wasn't checking wrestling. Uh, friends I was rolling with then, but. But you know, back into to the Me Too area, unfortunately, just recently, uh, Ashley Massaro committing suicide following depression, and uh, her attorney revealed claims that during a 2007 Goodwill tour in Kuwait, a soldier drugged and raped her. She claimed that she, they, she told uh, WWE management, including Vince, and they told her to keep it quiet because it would ruin the relationship between the E and the U.S. military. The E denies that, of course. Uh, once again, you know, that big legal team coming in handy that you mentioned, Mike. All right. Uh, huh. 
Still, I'm still putting that together in my head. So again, we we need Ronan Farrow to come out and 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 cover some things of, of this type. Well, I think since that was 2007, that yeah, you know, I, th- there have been. Was she a character? She was one of the Diva Search uh, winners. Okay, so I, I, yeah, I was definitely not watching at that time. And I know the military since the, the Obama administration has been making efforts to curb sexual assault and sexual misconduct in uh, the armed forces. Thank goodness. But, uh, I just hope that continues to get better. Uh, I hope uh, all those things continue to get better. We, we, we do want the world to be a better place. Yeah, I do. Uh, as, as much as humanly possible. Don't have a lot of faith in the current administration for that. No. Uh, and that's all I'm going to say on a microphone. Because, hey, uh, so let's go on to lighter topics. Sure. Let's go to a personal mantra of mine, ABS, always be stabbing. In <laughs> <laughs> In 1993, when WCW, it's for stabbers. Yes, <laughs> it's just too thick. When WCW was touring the UK, uh, there there were some some problems because they would film a whole bunch of shit at once uh, to try to keep costs down and then air it on TV later. But this would be problematic because sometimes you'd have someone being the champion that didn't have their pay per view win yet. Or you'd have to change things up because someone would get injured later. So uh, you got Sid Vicious, but not my Sid Vicious. Right. The the, the big wrestler Sid Vicious, uh, who was considered a number one contender at the time, and is getting drunk and decided to talk shit to Arn Anderson, the enforcer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know yeah. The story. Oh, I think I, I think I know the yeah. story. Talking about how he was the future of wrestling and guys like Arn and Ric Flair had to step aside. And so the two of them fought in the hotel bar. And it was broken up and Arn goes up to his hotel room but Sid follows him and continues to fight him some more and at one point grabbing a pair of scissors and stabbing the shit out of Arn Anderson about 20 times. I'm still alive. Yeah. So you don't have to feel bad about it. No, he's, that. Yeah, I, I see him on AEW. <laughs> I didn't know it was 20 times, though. God damn. About, about 20 cuts. <laughs> None of them yeah. fatal. But yeah, you, you get stabby sometimes. You get stabby. Just say, what's his name? Uh, you got stabbed in Puerto Rico. We were just Bruiser Brody, Brody, yes. Hey, hey, Brody. Oh, yeah. That, that's a very famous story where uh, uh, was it was it? covered on the Vice City, uh, on the Vice uh, series, yeah. Dark Side of the Ring. He was, yeah, he was doing some of the Puerto Rico, and then the, the, prom- the, the one promoter. of the promoters, Jorge Jose Gonzalez, uh, <clears throat> called him over to the to the locker room. Yeah, and like I want to have words with you, and then Tony Atlas says that he heard uh, Brody grunt loudly, and he goes in and just blood, mm-hmm. and he's trying to hold his yeah. guts in. I love the description of it too. Like when you read like articles and shit, the descriptions was like, and due uh, due to the positioning and build of the locker room, there couldn't be any witnesses. Yeah. According to the Vice series, and Tony Atlas says there was another Puerto Rican wrestler in the room mm-hmm. where Brody got stabbed. Right. Uh, Dutch Mantel uh, was out in the hallway, so he saw Jose passing, very pissed off. Atlas and Brody went to the hospital together. Right, right, right. Uh, Dutch was very concerned, and they both talk about it on the Vice series. So, <clears throat> Brody dies. 
they go back to mainland U.S. waiting to hear what's going to happen. And the verdict takes place before uh, Mantel and Atlas get their subpoenas. So the fix was in. Because Gonzalez was big in the region, knew people, claimed it was self-defense, got acquitted, and was involved in wrestling in Puerto Rico uh, up until the 2000s. Got away with murder, quite literally. Yikes. Yeah. Also, the witness was never going to show up anyways. Who knew? You don't need, again, if you have money yeah. and influence huh. and power. I say that on that account. That's what I'm saying. Like The, the witness isn't going to show up. Right, yeah. Before they even got their subpoenas. Say, hey, you want right, a main event for the next six months? Yeah. 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 And, and, and the last one I wanted to talk to. Did Great Kali kill somebody? Whatever was hearing that. Probably by accident. Probably by accident. <laughs> right, yeah. Thought somebody was like a chicken finger. This is the first I heard. I don't know. I thought I, thought I remember hearing that somewhere. I don't know. Uh, what the, the, the last story that I, I did research on, because uh, again, pre internet, I didn't hear about it until recently, mm-hmm. with uh, homicide charges being brought up against Jimmy Snooker. What? Yes. I don't know about that. Oh, you don't? Oh. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. Was that like recent or? Yeah, very recently. Well, the... Well, the, the, the charges recently. So in the mid... Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. He was accused of murdering his girlfriend, Nancy Argentino. In like 82, wasn't in it? In 83. 83, in yeah. In Allentown, Pennsylvania. Snooker said that they were fooling around outside of a motel, and she somehow hit her head on the concrete. And the story gets a little bit convoluted, uh, but it was never investigated further because she was a big star. So, in 2015, Argentino's family starts bringing it up again. It's a, you know, and so Snuka gets charged uh, for third-degree murder and involuntary manslaughter. The charges were dropped in 2017 because he was suffering from dementia and it would be unjust to pursue prosecution. So again, another guy that in the wrestling world that may have gotten away with murder. Yeah, no, I remember no. that. I, I kind of think he did. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is wild how long it took for the case to even see trial. Because uh, mm-hmm. it happened in 83 and then just Peated around in the wackadoo legal system that we have. Mm-hmm. And also, you know, before like DNA testing and, and cops getting starstruck as they yeah. frequently will get in, you know, uh, in some cases, uh, especially if a uh, celebrity is of a lighter complexion. And a man. And that too. Like, I, I frequently say, uh, you know, working at a Long Island Tower Records back in the day. Uh, It makes perfect sense why Billy Joel could crash his car drunk into a house, and Nassau County cops ain't going to do shit. It's probably like, hey, sign my greatest hit CD, and you can go home tonight. Wasn't the only... Did he hit multiple houses? I know of one specific... (laughs) He did hit multiple a couple houses in his day. There were were several DUIs, but I know of one house. And the owners... Something about Long Island people and their reverence. No, they love the Joel, yeah. which I don't understand. It's like if the dude crashes in your house, why are you not mad at him? If nobody's hurt, and if you get a new house out of the deal, 
I mean, you're wearing a Becky Lynch shirt she's right now. Yeah. If she like burned my house down, I'd be totally happy with it. <laughs> <laughs> she's the best thing going. You heard it here first. Becky Lynch, Lynch come down, come burn my house. So, we'll, so we'll like marshmallows by my house. We'll talk about the uh, how the, things are in Ireland. So in closing, there's a lot of uh, dark behind the bright lights and the and the the glitz of pro wrestling. Uh, but you know, I, I got a little bit of faith in a company like AEW that, that's looking to be uh, more inclusive, mm-hmm. uh, give some more representation. I think the new generation is you know, putting the drugs behind them and not being so shitty to other people. Yeah, hopefully the more advances in medicine and the more advances uh, in our healthcare systems uh, will allow for consistent testing, checking in with injuries and stuff like that, especially up top in the noggin, the coconut, if you will, yes. uh, <laughs> to check in and see how that's doing in a, in a sports slash entertainment art form that it does potentially deal with a lot of trauma to that region. So, yeah, hopefully they'll be, have better healthcare that allows them to get that looked at more frequently and the companies offer their own testing in addition. And hopefully giving the wrestlers health insurance. That could help. That'd be, that'd be nice. I mean, like, competition is good for wrestling. Not just, totally. like, literally in the circle, but, like, within companies. Mm-hmm. Like, when no. you have, like, you have different options. Like, you have people giving you more, like, like, when WCW came out. I mean, they, I mean, they did a lot of stuff wrong, but they were giving wrestlers a rare opportunity to make a really good living. Mm-hmm. That the WWF was, like, WWF at the time was, you know, making you work many years to do. But AEW. Yeah. Cool. So, tell the people where they can find you if they want to check you out on all the internet things or see your shows. What you got? Yeah, you can check me out on Twitter and Instagram at Bad Case of Serpies. Because uh, when your name rhymes with an STD, you got to work with it. Uh, <laughs> so, that's where you can find me. Magnetheory.com for any information on my shows at You're Not Alone, Sequel to Musical. Both perform once a month in New York City at the Magnet Theater. And uh, this is through various comedy dealings all over. Uh, you can catch me performing once a month with spooky doings at Triple Crown, especially next week, March 7th, right? Yeah. So next week, March 7th. This is going to come out way after that, but it's okay. Awesome. Go back in time. Go back in time. Watch it then. Also, uh, every Wednesday, Megawatt. Uh, pick a time. My team is good and evil. And on uh, social media, just look up my name, Patricio Machuca, and you shall see my crotch. Right. So yeah, check out Spooky Doings on Instagram, Spooky Doings Improv on Facebook. Like uh, Patricia said, we perform uh, monthly at the Triple Crown Ale House with occasional extra shows here and there. But you can get all the dates on there. So if you missed any of the other ones, get a time machine. Go yeah, back in time. Time machine. See that show. Give us go the back. Time go back further in time. Save Bruiser Brody. Go back further in time. <laughs> Prevent the murder of Dino Bravo. Go back further in time. Tell Chris Benoit, diving headbutt is not a good idea. Those Von Erics out. Vince McMahon, yeah. we know you got a time machine with that billionaire money. <laughs> Stop wasting your time with the XFL. Put money into the time machine and just save wrestling. And six spooky doings. Once a month, the triple crowd. <laughs> Truer words were never spoken. All right. Hell yeah. Until next time, dear listener, stay spooky.